episode number three of the Derange Podcast. Today our guest on the show uh, is a friend. He's uh, also a very renowned strength and conditioning coach in Singapore. He's the founder of Strength Avenue. Uh, let's give a big welcome to Mr. Andin Kadir. <laughs> so maybe for our listeners and viewers, right, uh, just to start, uh, Andin, would you want to just give a brief introduction about yourself, what you do and... Currently, yeah. Currently, yes. Currently. Okay. Currently, I'm in a podcast setting. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh, okay, maybe maybe to start, mm. just for our viewers and uh, listeners, right? Uh, what do you do for a living? Oh. I you sure like the TikTok? You know the TikTok? Do you have TikTok, nah? No, I don't have. Like, like it's a trend now that people go around, right? And then like knocking on people's like supercars, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen. I find it quite annoying, uh. but yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm actually uh, the founder of Strength Avenue, mm-hmm. uh, a strength and conditioning facility mm-hmm. that also caters to like general population, uh, right, uh, yeah. in terms of providing them uh, services for personal training and right. also lifestyle uh, prescription. Right. So basically, that's uh, the main uh, business that I'm doing currently. Right. Yeah. I think uh what you were saying? Oh no, I wanted to ask. I mean so that's your main business. Are you doing anything else? Like uh actually I uh yeah like backstory, like during uh pre COVID, right, I was actually venturing into agriculture. Oh right? wow. Uh, 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 that's range there. Eh? <laughs> Strange. Wow, right, right. It's the people that we have on our show. Yeah. Uh, wow. Because if you have been following me, like I go to Malaysia a lot to like actually do, yeah, do my endurance hikes and everything. And then from there, I kind of like uh, fell in love with the agriculture lifestyle that some of my friends have. Wow. And then uh, some of them go to universities to actually learn how to actually like oh. grow crops uh, and then like uh, animals and uh, the oh. likes. Uh. So uh, I decided to save up and then take that step ah, as a means of you know like like learning something new right, uh, right, right, right. in 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 the business aspect yeah pre covid but you know uh, it's now uh, paused because, because of, of the current the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i think before before uh, before the pandemic hit i was looking at uh, Andin's instagram feed Every now and then he will go off oh, to Malaysia, right? Mm. A lot, a lot of Malaysia hikes. And uh, I, I remember there was this particular post. You went beyond Malaysia, right? Uh, I, I mean, like, I went to Indonesia as well. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And then I went to uh, US where we went into the Big Bang National Park where you know like it's it's kind of like a desert, right? And then. Wow. Uh, we 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 track and then like uh, just right before the Mexican border, yeah, just separated by the river, oh, okay. and then after that, yeah, and then which we part did, of US was this? Uh, I was in Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. How 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 long do you spend? You know, in that in that hike, or even before the hike, like how was the preparation like? Before? Which one the the one the the one. Uh, Big Ben, ah, okay. The Big Ben one was actually Texas, right? yeah, yeah. It's quite a leisure one. It's a leisure one whereby you know you can just drive into the national park and then you know like park your car 
probably about 30-40 minutes away from from the, the, start of the from trail. the start of the trail and then after that you just track for like maybe one or two hours before you reach that that crossing uh. you have to yeah. oh so it's a in the, it's a day hike uh. it's a day hike yeah oh, it's a day hike oh, I mm. it's a few days yeah, yeah. No, 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 about, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in oh. United, I mean in the states usually they have those like multi-day hikes uh. ah they do they do they have do. you yeah. you have been to some uh, of those hikes right yeah, but not in not in not in not US, in the uh, US la, but usually in the peninsula nation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing some of the stories in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, raining outside. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Oh. So I, yeah, so I remember some of your stories. Wow, uh, bring mastine. Yeah, yeah. So like uh, the solid fuel side, you all cook food. Yes. Those obviously overnight one, right? Mm-hmm. Have we don't use solid fuel, but we use like canister. canister. Yeah. To actually cook up a meal for us every night. Mm. How how is the logistic like uh, planning? You know one of those mm. one of those hikes. Okay, so we have an organizer right or a organizer a guide. So it's also a friend lah. So basically, there will be probably about um, eighteen to twenty packs altogether. So that the rations right the rations for uh for the whole journey right is uh distributed lah uh amongst us so that you know uh when 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 we reach uh camp right you know we will take out all the ingredients and stuff to actually make uh the meal for you know lunch eh, sorry or to, uh, or to set dinner. up camp mm-hmm. right. and also carrying all the equipment to actually set up camp like you said wow. how's the process like usually the process like <laughs> Pick a certain spot that you want to track already, like in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So they know the route already, right? So like if, if let's say it's a three, four day hike or a five day hike, right? So we already know the checkpoints that right. we want to actually set up uh, camp at. So we try as much as possible to actually reach that uh, point. Uh. Mm. Uh, but if not, you know, like because of rain or flash floods or like trees falling and stuff, then there will always be alternative uh, campsites that we can actually set up. Uh. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh. Uh, so, so the route somewhat has been tracked by others really. Mm, mm, so mm. they know the route pretty well. Yes, pretty well. yes. But you always have, because like, the thing about the jungle is that, you know, like, like sometimes the track can actually get, yeah, get, yeah, get yeah. closed up by... Yeah leaves or you know like just nature happening yeah, yeah, yeah. itself right uh. sometimes the trail might not even look yeah like how it used to look mm. yeah there so were a few times where i was where where we got lost also lah right yeah have you ever got lost before i did i did on my first track actually but uh that's that's uh i don't know if you want to talk about it but that's more yeah, of like uh <laughs> that's more of like uh, uh if you believe in like 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 the uh, what do you call it? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, uh, that's that's something that uh, happened to me and one of my friend also lah. Whereby we actually uh, got lost uh, because we were uh, misdirected. Oh. Yeah. Misdirected by these uh, spirits of the forest. Yeah, that's what I believe lah. Wow. Mm-hmm. You mind sharing more? <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. So how how like how much or how far of course? Did you guys view? Yeah. Quite far. Like probably got lost for about 45 minutes oh. away from where we were. Um, okay, so like it was towards the end of the... What do you call it? Of the... 
the end stretch of, of the, the track, track. track. Yeah, yeah, going to finish it where the boat will pick us up, you know, so that in Malaysia, uh, this yeah, in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, Which part uh, of Malaysia? In Pahang. Wow, Pahang is very north. Uh. Pahang right, north. Really yeah. Right. Yeah. Pahang is north. Correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Geography fail. Uh. <laughs> nah, that's why. <laughs> Don't have phone, I want to go. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so in Pahang. And then uh, we went for uh, and how many of you sorry two days one night uh there were five of us including our guide lah okay. so basically so i'm all i'm i'm the second last person and then my friend was the last person uh, yeah so like just the two of us behind right and then after that there's uh one of my other friend dean in front of me lah and basically what we do is that usually when we walk right it's like probably about sometimes you can be the, the distance between me and the next person can be like an hour huh? so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, not so, like together no it's not like together oh. all the way like initially yes together but after a while right you just make your own way and then, so that's why I like to go because like I'm, I'm left with my own thoughts right for and be nature by myself for oh. Long stretches of time, ah, mm, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. and then it's it's it, it's fun, it's fun. But then again, uh, during that during that uh moment, right? So what happened is that every time we reach like let's say an intersection, right? Right. Uh, then you know the the guy in front would wait. Oh. Yeah. Mark, for example. Mm-hmm. There, there's always marking, like like for example, like they will tie strings on it and stuff. But now we don't know whether to take right or left, right? And you wouldn't want to wait for the next person to appear. So you just wait and then within shouting distance, right? He will shout lah. Okay, the right or left. And then he will call out to me and then I will answer. Then okay, then I say I will I acknowledge. And then after that we continue lah. Without saying him, just his voice. This is like tracking etiquette. Ah. So on the last uh, intersection, before you know we kind of like exit that that trail, right? To where the boat will pick us up. Then uh I reached the intersection already, and then after that, like I, I told my friend, you heard him uh, sounding out. Or not? Yeah, sounding out or not? He said, "Hey, don't have it." Then we were guessing, I said, "Can you not going out?" Uh, so, you know, <laughs> that's why. Like, I said, uh, "Exiting already now." Wow, he happy already. Then after that, he he leave us here. Uh. I said, "Yeah, sir." Then okay, then where? Then after that, I think right. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Then I asked him double check right. Uh. Okay, right. Uh. So we took the right lah. You all got take out a map to see or no? Don't have, don't have. Oh, yeah. so just... Yeah, because there's markings already. Right, but right. now the intersection there, right? Then Was there any markings or...? Have, but... Uh, it's either left or right lah. So you have to choose ma. Right. So we chose the right, which, which was obviously the wrong one lah. Mm. Okay, so then we got so lost, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, we... So the thing about it is that we walked in. And then after that, we realized we were lost already, mm-hmm. right? Because there were no human uh, tracks, ah, oh. right? So how we know is that, you know, you see the, you will see that, like, let's say in, in the bushes, right? Uh-huh. So if human has gone through it, right, it's going to be like, like a clearing. Right. But this one is more for animal It's going to be a brick in the sort of like the, the roof, in the foliage. Ah, the fo- foliage, is it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Foliage. <laughs> Then after that, don't have so it's only animals oh. right because the fo- foliage <laughs> is broken <laughs> underneath only uh, so and then after that we we wanted to turn back so when we turn our back right then everything looks the same oh. yeah it wasn't oh. like the the same uh, track that we took lah 
Ah, uh, seemingly. Then after that, we decided, okay, never mind. Then uh, we 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 do what we know. Uh, we follow. Uh, we say we're gonna follow the sound of the river because the river will, the small river will always lead to the big river, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, but then oh, again, we followed. knowledge. Yeah, we followed. We followed the river, hoping for the river to lead us to, to a bigger to a bigger river. river. Yeah. So take note, this is in uh, Taman Negara. So like the national park lah, right? Where there are tigers and Wallah, in the yeah, rivers, yeah, in the rivers, there are crocodiles and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to track along the banks, but there's no bank. You know what I mean? So it's either you go down into the river and walk, or you turn back lah. Tigers. Yeah, yeah. It's so, like a bear. Quite scary, quite scary. And then after that, so we took, then we were quite desperately, but then we were tired already. We, we were walking about 30 minutes. So 30 minutes of walking, like, been bashing, yeah, with load and then bashing through the, the, the foliage. The, the foliage, <laughs> right. It's very tiring, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after, like, like, two days of walking, and yeah. didn't do us any good. So we went into the river, right? Oh, yeah, little, how do you guys? Little did we know, uh, the river, right? There's no, there's no banks, right? And then so, it was like this high. So you walked into the river. Yeah. Oh. Completely submerged. Yeah. The there's no like 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 gradual. Oh my <laughs> gradual, gradual. So oh. step boom straight away. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Track, so yeah. Got like, uh, we didn't think about it at that point. Like, oh, oh my no. goodness. We just wanted to like ah oh, shit we need to get up but then again. Then after we got into the river, only then we can see like how far away, right? Uh, the the river, the 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 opening of the river is ah, uh, towards the big river. So how do you guys ev- eventually get back on track? So we said this is a bad idea, right? One we were in the river already. <laughs> <laughs> then then we realized hey, this is bad idea, bro. See, yeah, yeah. Then say what do you think? Wait, then my friend, the first thing that he's thinking about, right? Oh shit, my phone, nah. <laughs> It's funny. Not the crocodile yeah. on the phone. It's my phone, huh? how? I said, why you can still think about your phone? I said, we want to go out, yeah. I said, okay, okay. Then uh, we try to like desperately grab onto like the roots, right? By the side of the the, the, the river. The back because there's like plants and all that. Yeah, but you know how trees, some trees, right? That that grow on the river bank. They have like really thin roots. Yes. Ah, so when you pull, it breaks. Pull, oh, it breaks. Those pull, roots pull, don't. Break. Yeah. Yes. It was sort of like semi-aquatic plants also, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. yeah. So we were like struggling for probably a good 15 minutes lah in there. And then after that, right, we got really, really tired. Then we were like, then after that, I I, I was telling my friends, this is uh, where it ends for us. <laughs> you don't be dramatic lah. <laughs> you scared during that time? Uh, you scared? No. That, that fear has gone already yeah. So it's just whether survive or you resign oh. to your fear lah. Right, so I'm the type that you know, if really like I'm 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 being pushed against the wall, right? I need to come down. Uh. There's nothing you can you can do more. Right? I rather die. Let's say I rather finish in a way where you know, like I'm quite chill mm-hmm. rather than you know, like like Struggle. empty yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But then yeah. after that, fifteen minutes later, right? Then the guide finally found us oh. because he realized that we were lost. Off. We were off, so he found. He said he kind of knew that we were going to 
come here lah and then up here because there's only two routes lah but he's the more experienced so he know and after that finish the day pick us up blah 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 we got back onto the boat right then then obviously I come and then after I like kind of like scold my friend I say why you never why you walk away Zah? you asked me to go what huh? ah that's what he told me you asked me to go what I said no oh. I said you asked Oh, you asked, then yeah. you realize it might not be, it might be a yes. Because ah. he sounded off. You yeah. didn't hear, and he heard someone. Yes. So he oh. sound, sounded off. Then after that, wow. he heard me. He heard me telling him to actually move on. I say, I know, I know, I know. Okay, okay. Oh. Yeah. But say I didn't hear anything. So that's what I meant lah. Oh. By so. getting lost. Yeah, yeah. That's a <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I mean, much to <coughs> share in one. <laughs> Yeah, that's track. one of the one one, one of, of the, the experiences. more memorable yeah. track, wow. mm, mm, mm. I think I think most of the viewers, right? Also, they don't know that I know I know you for just how we were talking about it before the thing went live. Mm. We knew each other uh, back in '08, actually. Yeah, long time. Long time. 12, 08. 13 years. 12, really, 12, 13 years. Yeah. So I think the first impression when people look at you, right? They say like, "Wow, this guy." Oh, borrow tattoos. Mm. <laughs> must be. You also. Must be a certain type. You also born for tattoos. People look at you and say, "Wow, this guy must be." Got history. Got history, one. <laughs> got growing. Right. Yeah. Because you know, I know you for so long. I sort of like desensitized already. It's, it's yeah. like quite normal already, you know. Yeah. So yeah. how like maybe just going off. From your interest of you know like strength, agriculture, your recent love for agriculture, trekking, hiking. So how how was it like for you, right, bro? How was it like for you growing up? Oh, when I was growing up, man. Yeah. So like, take us all the way back to <laughs> young ending. Long story, you know. <laughs> We got time. Like maybe you can tell us what was one of the bigger <coughs> memories that you had that shaped you into who you are today. Ah, okay, I'll try ah. Okay, so basically when I was uh I think you also don't know this. Uh when I was two, right? I was adopted. I know actually. this. Oh you know, you know me before, Oh okay, yeah. yeah. So I was I was adopted and then uh yeah, yeah, so my, my bio, biological mom uh, passed, right? And then uh, my biological dad uh, was an addict, so he couldn't care for me lah when my mom passed. So he passed me on to he not passed me on like I mean like this family adopted me and then he agreed wanted to adopt me and then he agreed right uh, my current family uh, to actually take me in uh, despite my current family already uh, my pa- my 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 parents have already uh, seven children by then yeah at that point in time uh. And then uh, they took me in and then raised me uh, until today. So if you were to ask me my childhood, I mean it's very fond memories. Right? Fond, fond memories. Fond memories because like, I was like the the baby, right? Were I'm you sorry. the youngest? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know yeah. that you adopted? I mean, when do you know you adopted? When I was old enough to understand, probably when I was six. Oh. K2, K2, yeah. Oh, that's quite young eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, they, they have never stopped my dad from like visiting oh. me and everything. So like, uh, if he's outside, right, and he's not in prison, he will he will be able to come and see me, like probably uh, spend an hour with me to talk and everything. Yeah, but there's no bond lah, basically. Mm. But but uh, my parents make it known that, you know, uh, that, that, that uh, you have a dad. 
you know and then uh, this is your situation uh, this is where you came from and everything so my extended biological family yeah i spend time with them during hari raya and then yeah so i have quite a big family uh, basically yeah. yeah and then that's the problem lah right you know with my wife right uh not problem with my wife but <laughs> that's the challenge 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 for my wife initially right it took her probably about 6 7 years before she fully understand who's who Ah, who's who? So when I say this is my niece, eh, from which this side? Is my nephew, eh, <laughs> this is you know, yeah. Why yeah, yeah, the yeah. name different? Why? Eh, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Understand. So it's a very very uh, big family, and yeah, I mean like uh, childhood wise, like I said, I have fond memories of it because of that, right? The the it, it's not boring, uh, So like because yeah. you grew up with seven other siblings. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. Of course, like uh, there's always uh, things that contributed to where I am or uh, something that 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 steered me uh, away and then uh, landed me in trouble some of the time. Like it's not their fault, but you know, like as a counselor, you know, like this this kind of things actually yeah. uh, plays a small part or sometimes and uh, a big a big part lah as to who I am, who I was. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah. Wow. Seven siblings. So, I I presume, uh, you didn't come from also a very well to do. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, middle like, class. Middle class. Wouldn't say middle class also because uh, I mean like I had enough. Uh, and and back then we, back then like I have no information about like middle class, high class, how much money. Yeah, of course. We were because, young back then. You uh, didn't know. Have and any then idea. my. And then to me, like I have everything, ah, because like my pa- my parents will always uh, provide for me whatever that I need mm. at that point in time, and then I I wasn't also exposed to like like a lot of things also that I don't know until I grow up, grow older, mm. So for me, very enough, you know, like I have toys, you know, uh, I have, I have education, you know, I I have tuition. Mm. Right, ah, uh, and then I think that yeah, your needs, your needs are met. Yeah, of. taken care of. So to me, enough lah. But now that I know, right, it's actually quite a struggle for them lah, because my eldest brother, who's sixty-five now, turning seventy soon. Well, that's the, brother, that's the, yeah, that's yeah, the gap, yeah, yeah. My, and how old are you this year, bro? I'm thirty-six. Okay. And my dad. So we're talking about the foster dad lah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, he's ninety two now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older than me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so it's like a auto already. Yeah, auto already. <laughs> he's a great great grandfather. Already. My <laughs> niece's nephew, right? Married, like, have they kids. Have kids already. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. So that's one, two, three, four generations. Hmm. Yeah. And my elder brother back then. Uh, had to quit school lah to take care of uh, the sibling. Yeah, back then that's the norm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop out of school to help your mm. family. Hmm. We live in like a three room flat, and then like uh, I I slept on on the floor, on the floor yeah. mattress outside yeah. the living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite fun lah. <laughs> and then yeah, wasn't complaining also. So was it like your childhood dream to have something of your own, like you know your business or you know like what do you? How do you manage to go towards that direction of okay. like the vivid memory, right? Of what, uh, the ambition that I had back then, right, was two things. I wanted to be a bus driver, 
every kid's dream. Yeah, that's my dream. But yeah. I play with my mum's laundry basket, no. Disturbing me, disturbing me. Because because like my mum like, uh, will always take me on like bus night right, right, to yeah. to go to tuition and stuff like that. So always sit in front. Yeah. 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 See the bus driver yeah. was yeah. steering. Yeah, because she was already like an elderly back uh, back then, really ma. So yeah, so she sat in front. Yeah, so sat in front. So I can see like yeah, yeah. playing with the gear stick and then with the steering. So I wanted to be there. And then after that, if I'm at home, right. Then I live on the second floor. Then you know, like these grass cutters, uh. right? They cut the grass, right? So I was so cool. Like they carry the bag with the mask on. So I said, I want to be a grass cutter. So, oh, man, so but, yeah, but they entertain me only lah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, as I got older, older, then uh, it changes. Uh, what I wanted to be was I wanted to be an athlete lah. You know, I I want to be a sports uh, right. person. I want. I wanted to be a professional uh, soccer, soccer player. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were playing semi pro, right, bro? I was lah, and then but before that, uh, I was actually in the uh, national youth team, oh, and yeah. then I was also uh, in the uh, center of excellence for athletic clubs, right? Wow. Yeah. So like my batch was like Cairo Lamri. Oh, Cairo Lamri uh, playing for Tanjung Pagar right now, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, Shout out to Kairu Amri. Uh, and then uh, Fazrul Nawaz. <laughs> Fazrul Nawaz. Uh, Ashraf Rashid also legend. Uh, the guy who 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 have only one arm. Uh, 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 he played professionally. So yeah, 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 they and then they 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 like growing up. They had uh, good support from the family. Their parents would come down and stuff. But for me, like because like my my mom and dad were quite. Uh, Old already, right? And so also yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I, I went to training by myself, went to games by myself, and then uh, my siblings, uh, most of them were already married, right? So I had to do Check everything myself. Yeah, 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 and then to them, you know, like playing soccer, you know, same thing, like uh, the 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 uh, Asian family mentality, right? They just want me to actually get a good education mm-hmm. because like I was the only hope, you know, like like for them. To to actually like go to school and can go education and living yeah and then get a like, safe job yeah, uh, yeah. but that, uh, sort of like the template Singapore yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's what that's what they wanted from me yeah which so did that happen ah but yeah of course not lah right of course not and then like I I think like I the how I learn things is quite different from for sure from from how people would other people uh, we heard, we all have our different ways of learning mm, right? mm, and different path we take I think for you because also you were brought up in a foster home mm, I'm sorry not foster home with foster parents mm, mm, you had seven other siblings who I presume the age gap is very big yeah 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 and that must have taught you independence from a very young age um, right. Sort of, sort of. Right, you have to sort of be independent. Yeah. You are forced to be independent at a very young age. Yes, but also it, it creates that uh, lack of, or probably that that I wanted validation also lah because you don't you don't you don't get that right when you do good in sports and uh, everything yeah, and then yeah. nobody nobody it. is there to reinforce it that hey good job. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, and I was very small back then. Like, like I, I, I was the shortest in class, very small frame, you know. 
so like you don't see me being you you won't see me being an athlete uh, but I was quite agile quite fast quite athletic and stuff mm-hmm. but to them like maybe uh, sports is not for you lah you too small like that you know you trip on your own feet and everything so yeah so it, it kind of like ah uh, okay then like slowly slowly that that gets to you you know mm-hmm. that, you know, start start to yeah. believe what others yeah. yeah, 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 say yeah. about ah yeah yeah I think this is not for me lah just you know gonna just give up and then do other stuff lah. How, so, how old were you back then? Sorry, the the whole youth of uh, the hmm. youth of Center of Excellence. Uh, uh-huh. Excellence. Yeah. How old were you back then? I was there when I was uh, 13, 13, 14, Second. and then 15. Ah, so 15. So that's where after when I was 15, right? That was my last year before, you know, uh, I dropped out halfway from the from the team from the program and then after that you know got into you know uh street gangs uh, basically right uh, so got into trouble after that mm-hmm. i think also uh, the viewers need to understand that when i first met Andin back in 08 we met in uh, we met through a community initiative mm. right, a hobbies sort of like a hobbies group called uh, sg titans yeah. And the Titans Are they still functioning now? Still, still, they are still, still, still ongoing in, right now. Yeah, right? still in existence. But the only thing is that they cannot operate because of like the, the COVID the, restrictions. The, the restrictions. Yeah, because yeah. back then, when I remember training <coughs> were on Thursday and Sunday, Sunday. evening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like <laughs> yeah, memories. And we train like from like probably five until like probably nine, nine ten. And to keep the equipment back yeah. underneath a block. Yeah. Uh, so when I first met Andin, obviously I saw all these tattoos and I said, wow, this guy must be very interesting. <laughs> so when I talked to him, he, he was not only a, a great coach, that's, that's how he got his reputation, right? He's one of the more the most uh, sought after and renowned strength conditioning coach. I mean, even for myself, I still look up to him in a lot of these aspects. But outside the gym, uh, Andin, I mean... The time spent with him, Andy is also a very wise person because obviously with, with uh, what you have been through in mm. life. So I think even just spending time with him talking like that, I'm, I'm uh, collecting all these wisdom nuggets uh, from you. You give me too much credit. <laughs> no, la, no, no. I give credit when it's due, la, but really like, I still remember back in 08 when I was still serving my NS. <laughs> serving my NS. No, we were training uh, at SG Titans. I remember uh, we were flying out to Hong Kong for the Caterpillar competition. Ah. Right? Uh, and during that time, I was... During NS, uh, I, was, I wasn't making enough. So I was sort of... On the weekends, I was moonlighting. I was giving PT uh, on the sidelines just to get extra income. I mean that. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so then uh, I think I was training uh, in this gym that is now defunct already. But we made a lot of uh, good connections uh, through mm. through this ho- through this uh, community initiative. Mm, mm. You know, and then of- obviously you went you went you after the Canada co- competition you took off right because that's your that's your day job already. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, since since then. You have been uh, sort of breaking <laughs> breaking boundaries uh, with your with your business also. Really? So you you were you know kettlebell and then at, 
at one point of time, uh, you coached, you were one of the, I remember, we met each other quite often during mm. powerlifting meets also. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, you, yeah. were, you were coaching quite a few uh, female powerlifters also. Uh, so, I think that this just goes to show your, your you, you actually earn your stripes uh, in, in the strength conditioning industry, okay. especially in Singapore. Thank you, thank you. you know, one of the more sought after. But anyway, shock talk aside, mm. I want to understand more about your involvement. Like just now when you were talking about like getting involved in street gangs, right? Uh, uh, uh. Like how, how was it how was it like? Uh, okay. Like how did you even uh, I mean you were what, 15, 16 back then? Fifteen, I started. Fifteen. Uh, like how what was your I wouldn't say like foray into mm. the under the underworld more like how did you like got into involvement with all these uh, like street gangs? Ah okay. So like <clears throat> basically after you know like like uh, I I realized that I'm not gonna make it in sports, right? I if I knew I would would have pursued it. Uh. But yeah. So then then after that, uh then I found um uh, you know like like friends who are actually you know into, into this kind of like lifestyle uh, basically and i got nothing to do at home and anything other than study which you know like i study differently uh, different people which study differently and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh got got like hung out with like friends and everything got to know their their what they do and their lifestyle and everything and kind of like uh, felt that you know I would want to be a part of it and also want to embrace that lifestyle so the thing about me I think from young right if I want something you know I would I would really like like dive into it uh, and then like you know make something out of it as much as possible until mm. you know you, you know that you cannot really and then exhaust all options yeah, then yeah, yeah. Yeah. find other options mm. find other solutions so. mm. It's either you do it hundred percent or you don't do it at all, lah. So if you notice, like, even for trekking, right? So like, I really dive deep into it and then got into like, uh, the 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 whole you know specific like, really understand the ins and outs. Yeah, yeah. Hiking yeah. and trekking. Ah, same for bicycle now, right? So <laughs> I really want to know more about it and stuff. And you know, if for for jujitsu, you know, like you ask me why I don't I pursue jujitsu and stuff. I said like you know I'm I'm not ready to actually embrace that that jujitsu lifestyle. I, because, you know, I feel that I will do a dishonor to like other people who are really into it. Do it halfway and then you know say I do jujitsu, take pictures <laughs> and then after that, you know, you 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 are not really embracing that lifestyle because everything needs hard work man. Yes. Yeah. So same same for that uh mentality. Uh, with yeah with with I think uh, gangsterism like, I should say. So I really went all out into it. So basically, like the goal would be to actually be um, not so good of a gangster, but you know, like like really into it that you actually have to actually serve time, and then you know, uh, branded as you know a tribe member. Mm. So that was the so end game. To to like yeah. to be a tribe member, you must serve time. You don't have to, but you know, like for me, you know, I'm not oh, a track member if I don't, oh. if I don't serve time, ah. Okay, okay. Yes, ah. like your your own stem of approval. Yeah, 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 yeah. For myself, ah, that's the expectation that I set for myself, ah. So basically, and then so that's where, like, uh, 
you know like like I I I lost all the fear or the the thought about the consequences you know for other people uh due to my actions ah so that's why I went all out like you know like getting into fights and then like knives uh coming to play and then everywhere I go I would, like you know he would bring uh knives parangs and everything and then slash people without even like having second thoughts about it lah yeah so I don't know what I don't know from a psychological perspective. I don't know, I don't know what you would like diagnose or assess. But you know, I I I like you know when I was caught and then uh, institutionalized, right? And then we have this like uh, like psych evalu- evaluation yeah. and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. At fifteen, at fifteen I got that, and then after that, uh, at sixteen I got another one. So that's where you know based on the psych event. You know, they they decided to put me into prison, maximum security. So, at sixteen. At sixteen, once I turned sixteen, the legal age. Is legal age? Then you were in prison. what remand? No, no, I was sent to uh prison ah in Changi, so Moon Crescent Prison. Yeah. How how long did you serve? Oh, uh, I didn't know. Bro. I thought all along was remand. Oh, I didn't know you were sent to. Oh no no! I served time like maximum security ah with all the uh, with all the regular inmates. Yeah, yeah regular inmates ah. So I was in the juvenile home first, right? Right, cause fifteen so, juvenile home. Fifteen. So uh, so in juvenile home you are still able to actually uh go home, right? To yeah. they they let you go home, home, home leave and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not tagging ah. Yeah, don't have, don't have, don't, don't have. have. Yeah, for boys home they don't have. So uh, it took me about a year. Before I'm I'm given my first home leave. Usually about four five months they will let you go lah. But you know like because inside then there's also like the cases of like bullying and everything that I commit inside. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. sort of like stack up. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, finally I got my first uh, home leave. Right. Ah, uh, that's before that's that morning. Okay, I got called up because I have a case pending. Already served, right? Uh, in isolation, segregation, and everything. Just need to uh, execute the caning. So ah, uh, so once you cleared your caning, then you know probably you will have a few weeks to for your caseworker to evaluate yeah. and then recommend to the superintendent whether you can go home or not. But that morning surprise, I got called up after breakfast. Went up then about nine a.m. Ah, uh, I got called up for caning. I was happy. You know, like I say, ah, oh, shit. Then probably today Saturday. Very seldom Saturday got cleaning. Oh. I think I'm going home today. Oh. They didn't tell me, ma. So because I think they know that if they were t- to tell me in advance, right? You know, like because inside, so I had a rap lah, right? You know, I was smuggle stuff. Mm. And we we were smuggle stuff every time. Oh, right? like, these boys go yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, so got cleaning, and then after cleaning. You know, they asked me to actually put on my uh, my uh, home leave uniform, and then went home ah that day. So I spent that night uh, at home, and then eh yeah that night at home I went yeah spend the night at home with my family blah blah. blah. The the next day on Sunday I was supposed to go back to boys home already. Uh-huh. Ah, but then again uh, I skip. I skip ah. <laughs> Skip down. I skip the, the the whole process of coming back. So I I I, I absconded. Ah, so I absconded. Then uh the that was Sunday, right? And then Monday. Uh, Sunday met up with my friends and everything. And then Monday we went to uh Bukit Panjang to commit another case. Ah, basically. 
yeah, there was a like a rivalry and everything. So, uh, we went we went to actually slash uh the person. Oh, okay. So that's my second so, uh, second offense. Case, uh. second yeah. Back then you were still fifteen. I was 16 already. 16, oh, 16 so already. turn 16 already, then they can properly process you. Yeah. So not juvenile already. Yeah, not juvenile. So I was, uh, after about a week, then got caught, right? And got caught. Then that's where I was uh, remanded uh, in uh, Queenstown. Queenstown remand oh, prison. Queenstown, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, no there. more already. Yeah. So nine months in there. Nine months, blah, blah, blah. Case finished. And then, uh, uh, didn't went to trial because like, you know, we were obviously and then uh, you know there's offers and everything so we took the offers uh, three and a half years plea guilty yeah three and a half years six uh, six strokes of the cane so took it uh. but uh, but of, due to good behaviour that's why you served nine months or? no 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 nine, nine months was in three months oh nine months in months ah, sorry yeah. so there's no bail lah, basically I mean like like you can you could be bailed but if I were to got to, to be bailed by my family I would go back to boys home because I'm still serving my time Correct. For right. the first offense, man. Right, right, right. Ah. So then after that, nine months in remand, then sentence, then that's where I was shipped off to uh, Moon Crescent, lah, around Changi, Changi Prison there. Wow. Yeah. And how long did you serve in Changi? Uh, that, one, that one was about. Uh, I was 18 already. Yes, I was, eh, I was seven, 17 already. 16. Yeah, yeah, 17 really. So 17. I remember, uh, I turned 18 in prison. Yes, so oh. because I remember that. See, today is the day I can legally smoke, you know, I can legally drink back then, right? Yeah, but I was serving my time inside. Lah. So uh, all in all, I got released when I was uh, 20. Oh. Yes, when I was 20. Oh, that's heavy, bro. Yeah, so from... So basically, from fifteen to twenty, I was uh, institutionalized. Uh, basically, you know. And then I think that's the most important, important years of someone, you know, turning into an adult. You know, like like you should be exposed to like like how you should be socializing and everything. So, but mine was a bit different, uh. yeah. So it took me a while before like, when I was outside to actually get used to it. And when I got out, like I was I was used to violence and everything. So um, it took me probably about I don't know probably about ten years before I actually uh, back to not back to normal but you know like, like understand like how to how actually to socialize and empathize yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, what is okay what is not and stuff because I think if you remember back then also like you know any altercations that I might have with like anyone or disagreement yeah. or anything. Like to me, the solution you might be you fight lah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Right. Ah, yeah. There's no like diplomacy or yes. there's no like you know cooling off period or whatever to actually yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. That took me a while. How was it like, uh, like living in remand versus eh, sorry, living in uh, juvenile home versus ah. like now that you are incarcerated as a as an adult, and then now you are in prison really. Uh, How was it like? It's actually quite different, but uh. I cannot say one is better than the other though because like uh, discipline is higher uh, higher enforced because in, you are treated as adults as kids no oh, in, as kids. in, in, oh, in okay. juvenile okay. Yeah, I mean like people will make you uh, force you to actually do that right okay yeah and then after that uh, in prison it's actually 
the rules of the prisoners for you to actually have that 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 that, that discipline. Mm. Uh, and then also the mentality also like uh, bullying, uh, rapes happen more in juvenile actually than in uh, prison. Oh. Yeah. So, so you witness, you like hear. Witness. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually was, I was a, uh, what do you call that? Lah? Perpetrator lah, uh, on different occasions for bullying. For bullying, yeah. So oh. I was caught. And then, because it's the law of the jungle, right? either you or them. Mm, yeah. So involuntarily, you know, like I made the choice. Lah. I mean, like not involuntarily, lah, actually. Yeah, I made the choice to actually not be bullied. Lah. Mm. Right, so I have to. You gotta stand up for yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hardcore, bro. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, fast forward. Uh. Out of prison, how was it like for you? Out of prison, like you come out. Uh, a lot of things change, obviously, during those a lot, five a lot, years. A lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, my expectations, and then at the same time, living up to other people's expectations of me was quite uh, a heavy task uh, to begin with. Uh, back then. So, and then after that, you know, like, uh, I got married actually uh, when I was uh, 20, when I was 21, lah. Uh, I got released from prison and then uh, my girlfriend back then got pregnant and then we got married because, because the thinking that people have is that, okay, once you are settled down, then after that, everything is okay. okay. Ah, should be okay. Ah, suddenly, suddenly you become good. <laughs> which is not the case, lah, basically, because I'm still... I'm still what do you call that? Uh, uh, trying to learn. Yeah, being rehabilitated. Navigate your way yeah. through yeah. life, yeah. right? This thing will be yeah. life. Actually, the rehabilitation part will actually start probably outside once you are released. That's the most important mm. thing. Inside, there's no rehabilitation, lah. Mm. I mean, like yes, a bit they try to, but you know, not as uh, extensive as or not as real life mm. as. Yeah. What you will face outside, outside right? yeah. preparing you for the world, right? Like mm. you trying to get back into society, mm-hmm. and then uh, it didn't work out, lah, right? My, my my first marriage, right? Uh, and then after that, after about a year or so, a year and a half like that, then I got we got the divorce, lah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing recently your uh, daughter's. You celebrated your daughter's birthday. Right? Ah, yeah, that was so yeah. sweet. Yeah. How how old is she? She's fifteen now. Fifteen, wow. Teenage, really. Bro. Fifteen, yes, yes. Turbulent years. <laughs> yes. So now it's your turn to sort of like coach her. Uh, I mean, you all obviously have a very good relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say uh, like a normal uh, daughter and dad relationship, not not the ideal, but you know, uh, I always make known to her that you know, like I'm always there, and 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 uh, thankfully she sees it that way, and then she confides in me once in a while. So yeah, yeah, I just want her to know that I'm always always. Uh, therefore, like, no matter what, because like you know, you you can you can actually make mistakes and everything, you know, and then rebellious and everything. We have, we've been there, you know. You don't agree with certain things that enforced on you by your parents. Right, right, right. Yeah, but but uh, always try to reason out with her, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the least I can do, lah. That's very yeah. wise, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, she can see. I mean, you are her biological dad, so. She can see that you know you are like a open, you're like an open book to her. You share your past with her, mm. so in hopes that she don't go down that path. Also, yeah, like you, right? Yeah, right. So, that's the least I can do because the mom has done a good job all these years, right? Raising her, and then yeah, thankfully she's quite uh, sound uh, in in her decision making and also 
uh, in how she actually uh, carries herself. Up nice, yeah. Up. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think also uh, just to segue away from uh, your life story, right? Just now huh? you talked about like when you were out of prison at twenty, it took you like almost ten years mm. to sort of get back to society norms, mm. right? I think not many people also know that uh, on the path to as a business owner yourself, mm. on the path to set up uh, to setting up uh, Strength Avenue like mm. what you have today. How old is Strength Avenue already? Uh, five. Five years. Five yeah, years I remember years. five years because you all started at uh, Kampung Baru. Yeah. Yeah. So even before you had that spot in Kampung Baru, uh, Strength Avenue, the first spot in Kampung Baru, uh, I know the process for you was quite turbulent also. Mm. Right, because yeah. you had failed partnerships, mm. and then uh, I I remember uh, you used to have a gym at near Bukit Ho Swee there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, when I was studying part time, uh-huh. uh, you very graciously allowed us to use the space for one of our practicals. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, I can remember. <laughs> that was like one of my last few uh, last semester in sports science. Ah, okay. I'm studying sports science back then. And then, I forget who's the lecturer's name already. Anyway, we, mm. the class, this, uh, the school uh, held the practicals there. Ah. It was a very nice, nice place. Nice, uh, it was a very nice setup. Huge, yeah. huge space. So, you know, listening to all your, your stories, right? Like mm. how you grew up, your turbulent years, and obviously now a very successful business owner. Mm. Uh, oh, I see you as a very successful business owner because I look up to you. Uh, like now reaching Strength Avenue like where it is today what sort of advice you have for us young business owners like knowing knowing the process how you started out in the sort of strength conditioning the fitness industry mm. to where you are today because it's not a it's not a straight path yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and, you know, like- and the deep is I know because you share with me details, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, in different phases of your business. And the deep is the, the decline is quite sudden and very steep, you know. Mm-hmm. And you seem to seem to navigate through these uh these obstacles pretty well. Yeah. So like what kind of what kind of advice do you have like for people who try to earn our stripes in our own industry? Mm. Okay. Quite a lot. But I think one thing that uh, that that me as like let's say a business owner realize right is that uh, two things actually first is that once you have a business right you don't have people working for you you have to work for your people and then you have to think about that right if you have employees or you have uh, partners you know you have to work for them you cannot mm. think about them actually doing the job for you lah and that will never change uh, if you if you have that then actually the sacrifices that you make, you know, or the shortcomings that might come uh, in the future, right, would actually be a bit more valuable because you are already prepared to 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 actually face so them. Bad yeah, consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And second thing is that I don't I don't believe in in the word uh, self made. Uh, basically, right. There's always you you need people. No man's an island. You need people. Need a support system. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you always right. have. You, you will always have to see yourself as the weakest one or the most stupid one in 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 the 
in, in the room, in, in the, yeah, in the room, right, or with the people that 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 you have, uh, like alongside you, lah. Like you always have to give them credit, you know, and benefit of the doubt, etc. Uh, but yeah, you don't have, you don't put yourself yourself high up, uh, on a pedestal, lah. Basically, you always think about you working for them and then trying to make them, you know, uh, have better life or better career opportunities because of the environment that you would want to create rather than you know like thinking about the money first yes money mm. is, is important lah, right it's for, essential yeah lah. for business and stuff but but uh, don't forget the objective of why you actually uh, start out the business for yeah oh. yeah that's, that's that's something that i have learned lah. and then and of course that uh, People will disappoint you. People will actually, uh, what do you call that? Uh, slow you down. You feel and stuff. But you have to accept that people, other people work at different pace. Yes. Same like you, right? Uh, yeah. Same like me. I, 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 I do things when at my own time. Right. Not, not, not saying that there's no urgency, but there's a window of you know opportunity, opportunity and also there's window where you will excel in executing that that that, that plan or that task at hand lah, mm-hmm. right and at the same time you always have to trust your the people around you so that's the hardest part right uh, based on, and based on based on my experiences right you know uh, trust is very hard to come by lah. so once you give them then you have to really trust them I don't have doubts lah. And you believe in their capabilities also, lah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lastly, probably you have to accept, right? If you are a business owner, right, no matter how much uh, you actually reiterate about your vision, your philosophy, right? People that uh, around you, right, might not have the same amount of energy or yeah, that 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 level of intensity, uh, intensity that you. Want to bring so you cannot say you lazy you just, or this fella lazy or this fella slow lah cannot catch up to you because they also have their own problems uh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so you have oh. to accept that lah. It's um, very wise coming from uh from. I mean, I I might be wrong lah, right? But then again, uh, it, so far you know it has worked for me in terms of not making me like a multi millionaire or anything like that, but but. Creating that cohesiveness, you know, and creating a conducive ecosystem for your members, for your team mm. members also, yeah, and, and for yourself also even. Yeah, my team and my team is made up of diverse people. You know, like like we have different, different uh, what do you call that? Uh, different views on different things, right? And then also different hobbies. You know, we don't hang out like like together all the time, best friends or anything like that. We come in do our jobs, you know. And but you still can function as a team. Yeah, right? yeah. You feed off each other, mm, so feed mm. off each other's uh, strengths also. Yeah. Yeah, I think like when I first met, when I first met you, back in uh, SG Titans two thousand and eight, right? Mm. Uh, no, many people know because like today you are this renowned coach, business owner of Strength Avenue. You actually started off teaching kettlebells to migrant workers. Ah uh, yes. Right. So like this whole. Uh, idea where I see in young uh, personal trainers these days uh, that they want to be on the fast track to get fame mm. you know be famous because you know it's, inve- it's inevitable uh, because yeah. with like the advancement of technology 
sadly, a lot of people sort of have a voice on the internet right mm. now. Mm. Like back then, 08, it was just, it was just like, you know, at the start of mm. technology, right? Of Facebook, Twitter, all this. Yes. Like back in 2008, uh, we were training at Kettlebells and you sort of, you, you knew that teaching or coaching these migrant workers uh, wouldn't sort of give you a lot of monetary remuneration. Mm. You know, it doesn't doesn't pay you well. I mean, these people, they, they, don't, pay me at all they don't pay you yeah. at all. <laughs> but you, you went into the, you or you coached them mm. because you wanted to uh, sharpen your craft. Yes. Right? You want to, you want to teach uh, to someone who have no uh, physical background at all. Yeah, and the language barrier. And the language basically. barrier, exactly. Yeah. So, I think that is, when I, when I heard that, right, wow, I was like, that actually uh, sort of inspired me. I don't know, uh, for lack of a better word, lah. That's that inspired me because, like, nobody is in the fitness industry to say that, hey, well, I want to make a million dollars one day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, we have we have those people, lah, But if you want to, if your goal is to make money, this is just my personal opinion, lah. If you want to make money, maybe look at other industry, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. but I think most people come into the health and fitness industry because they first fall in love yeah. with training, yeah. and they find something that is beneficial to them. Then they want to pass it down to others. Mm. Right, so like maybe you can you just share a little bit about like you know before even concepting con- conceptualizing the concept that one day you are gonna have your own brand, mm-hmm. have your own business, right before the birth of your first business to strength avenue right just before the first business how was it like for you like you know you you were teaching kettlebells to migrant workers mm. okay back before like you have like instagram or actually the there's internet but there's not so much information about kettlebells like right now <laughs> so much content right yeah now. yeah so like there's no one you can follow Right, you watch DVDs, either you watch DVD or you read magazines or you can... Books also very hard to find yeah. actually back then. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Caterpillar so like watch DVDs a bit and then, you know, work on it. And then uh, that's all because like uh, the only person that actually taught me Caterpillar uh, was Herman, right? Yes, uh, the OG, right? Herman. Yeah, yeah. OG. Shut most up. People, most people don't even know Herman. <laughs> Herman is like the first, the Singap- first Singaporean YouTube... Uh, Fitness influencer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And back the- then, back then, when he had a blog post, mm. I I was one of the followers. His blogs were all followed by coaches, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So shout out to Herman. Yeah. I'm actually not the OG of kettlebells. Actually, Herman is. Child, yes. Right. So, uh, he introduced me to kettlebells, and then after that, he taught me uh, a bit here and there, and I practiced lah by myself. Sorry. And then uh. You already bought a kettlebell, right? Yeah, I already have. Uh, one of my clients actually, uh, bless her, uh, Pamela, uh, who's back in the States now, right? Uh, bought me a set of kettlebells, right? So like all the way from 8 to, 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 to 28. Oh, 28s. Yeah, that's my first set of kettlebells. So I practice, 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 practice. And then after that, I practice under the void deck. Right? Because it was banned in commercial gyms back yes, then, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember going to one of the gyms and back then I was crazy enough to bring a kettlebell to the gym myself. Mm-hmm. Imagine I take MRT uh, with a 
Kettlebell people give you like weird Yeah, yeah. So back in commercial gyms, already I was uh, trying to work with kettlebells lah. But then again, uh, it was frowned upon. So like when kettlebell sessions has to be conducted like at the kapak. Yes. You know, because like they don't want that liability. Yeah. You know? And then uh, after I step out of the, the, what do you call it, the commercial gym set up. And then uh, when went on my own. So that's where I met Pam, right? And then she bought for me my first set of kettlebells. So I coached uh, like the housewives uh, uh, in the Woodgrove area. Woodgrove would be you know uh, American school, yeah, American yeah, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I do boot camps, I do kettlebell workouts there, and then uh, on my free time uh, at night I will practice my own uh, kettlebell training lah under my void deck. So that's where like there was a construction going on, and then uh, this group of uh, what do you call it uh, migrant workers, right? Yeah. Uh, from India and Bangladesh, right? Uh, wanted to try it out, lah. So that's where we became a crew, <laughs> so called, right? So we train probably I think three times a week, wow. Monday, wow. Wednesday, Friday wow. evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, must yeah. be like the fittest in the <laughs> area. Yeah, 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 and then like even Sunday sometimes they want to train, but I say Sunday you're off day, right? I say never mind. Rather than I waste. You know, waste money uh, drinking or whatever you know I want to change but wow. yeah, I say Sunday my off day you can take my kettlebell and then you practice and stuff wow. and I say yeah, yeah, yeah and then so that's why lah, you know like chicken and duck right talking and and conversing and then me giving instructions instructions right? how to coach sometimes even when I teach kettlebell movements because it's a ballistic movement right mm. hard to even use English someone who understand English to yeah. coach really what more with this Language barrier, mm. like inch at a heap, chest level. Yeah, so you, so you have to come up with like different analogies and then like different words, right? Because they won't understand what hinging is. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Then you have to show also lah. So that went on for about a year, I think. A year. Yeah, because I remember until the the HDB flats beside my, my block, right, is actually like, uh, develop develop yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah so just consistency a year of coaching yeah, a year plus uh, almost yeah. two actually I think yeah. I w- I'm also uh, victim I mean not victim I'm also guilty of this because like you know we coach general population like when I coach you I can use very big jargon like oh hinge at the hip push your hip back you know, I can use very big jargon to explain like, you know, biomechanics mm. and all that to make myself sound smart. Mm. <laughs> but then, I think the... To break it, to break coaching down in its simplest form, mm. I feel like this is a very good example. If you cannot teach exercise to the machi next door or downstairs, mm. right? Then maybe there's something wrong with the... Mm. With the cues, really. Something wrong with the cue, coaching, mm. really. Like, coaching don't need to be complex. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Like, yeah. don't need to be complex. You can use, like, like you said, simple analogy that yes. people can relate with. Mm. Right? right? If you cannot even uh, use simple terms to understand, like, if a seven-year-old cannot understand what you're talking, right, then forget it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then, and then also, of course, like, uh, so we are also quick to judge when we hear someone give a different cue to their individual client, not our client, you know, individual sure, client, right? Sure. And then like, eh, wrong. But actually, you know, mm. we have to understand uh, that it's individualized. Yes. Maybe this fella don't understand 
what this movement means. So he the 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 coach have to actually adjust, uh, adjust lah the words used, and it's not has to. It doesn't have to be like the textbook. Yeah, yeah, be textbook. Yeah, like but you also, mm, but also don't be too hard on yourself. Sometimes when you find yourself explaining, uh, like like. Uh, big jargon words to like probably Priscilla because sometimes uh, your subconscious right because you are trying to to actually think about or reiterate what you have just learned right uh, uh, it's yeah. not you purposely you showing up ah, yeah, you have to say this ma. Uh, yeah. right. sometimes that's how I memorize like okay, some some cues or some uh, paragraph or studies that I've learned uh, sometimes it came out then after ah oh, shit 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 wrong then I will find another word yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so this is I mean Twenty twenty one has been quite a, I mean twenty even twenty twenty, right since last year circuit breaker, rough bro. Rough, yeah. yeah. As business owner, rough. I only started, I only started this year twenty 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 one. So coming into like twenty twenty two because this is going to be the end of the year already, right? Yeah. What can we expect from Strength Avenue? <laughs> any <laughs> other interesting uh, uh. any other interesting you know uh, goals that. You have set for yourself coming into the new year, or just to finish the year strong. Uh, we are really preparing for what's going to happen next year. So I usually prepare the team early, right? Uh, we are actually moving on. Uh, actually not moving on, but we have been doing it for a while now. But we are going to be a bit more, uh, focused on on expanding it, which is our semi-private program, lah. Right, basically, yeah, right. right. So instead. Uh, we want to make uh, because personal training is usually not usually but for some people out there it's not that affordable uh, so what we created is a semi-private program where you still have uh, access to your own coaches coaching. personalized coaches uh, personalized coaching programming lifestyle prescription consultation everything but in a semi-private setting where you get to train with a community right. so it's not a class whereby you know everybody does the same thing but it also uh, it, it is more uh, of you being autonomous with your training right. right and then practicing the habits that has been set or agreed upon between you and your coach right to actually execute it uh, but at the same time also take charge of your own training right, 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 right. Uh, and then train with uh, a group of people who are actually going through the same uh, programming or the same uh, training phase, training so phase with you are yes yes so that's something that uh, we want to focus more upon because we want to actually start uh, developing a community where they are autonomous with their training uh, and then also uh, quite versed in in, in uh, training philosophy right, and right, also right. the information out there uh, learning how to filter how what to see you... out the right yes. information I think that's the biggest thing for a coach right? to mm. one day finally see your client you know, yeah. making informed decision mm. right? uh, being educated like you say being autonomous with their own training program they know what to do right. you know, they know how to auto-regulate I think that's very important also yeah. Yeah. because uh, different life phase sometimes the goal post shift right? yes. so, and so yeah I'm not going to lie uh, it's also uh, because I want my coaches to actually be working less on the floor, right? But probably bringing home the same amount or probably more uh, by by spending less time uh, on the floor and, uh, you know, like like uh, sorting out their, their own lifestyle. Because, like, if you notice, you know, the trend for the longest time, right, <coughs> is that, you know, uh, your 
your value as a coach right, is based on how many hours you do. Yes. Right? yes. But here you are preaching about lifestyle, preaching about, you know, like like mental awareness, uh, well, mental self-care, health, self-care well-being. and everything. But you are working from 6am back to back until probably 10pm, you know. And yeah, you bring shit tons of money home, but you are, well, yeah, you are actually eating like gobbling down your food 5-10 minutes you know behind the pantry while your clients warming up and everything so I find that's kind of like hypocritical right yeah, uh, yeah. after a while so yeah I'm trying to find a solution find a balance for, yeah for everybody life balance. yeah win-win situation for clients and also uh, ask coaches uh. oh. yeah so at the same time it's hard uh, because yeah, it's something sure, new sure. it's a new concept right, right. but but uh, for the past few months it has done a lot of good for uh, for yourself and your coaches yeah, so. yeah, yeah yeah of course like you want to be the embodiment of the advice that you give out to your clients also. yeah right you don't want to just like you say be hypocritical right yeah. preaching about mental well-being work-life balance and you grind yourself down from 6 to 10 yeah and then you, your relationship with I don't know the people at home your loved ones you know got no social life you know yeah. so same thing yeah. la, it's like working relationship right yeah it's like like working for the money yes you have money but you don't have that that, that time to spend moments right yeah, yeah. missing out moments family. yeah wow. that's very that's a that's a that's very wise because I think in one of my Q&A previous like last two months Someone was talking about hey, is the, the asking me whether the fitness industry very lucrative or not. Mm. Because they see like oh, the PTs they can afford nice things for themselves. And then last time when I used to rent from rent a gym space from another gym, mm-hmm. uh, the coaches there or the PTs there they are very yeah, like what you say, uh, they have back to back or business is booming yeah. for them. Uh, but they wear it like a badge of honor. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know what yeah, I mean yeah, they, yeah. they wear like a badge of honor they were like go around asking each other like hey, wow, how many sessions you do this month you know, I'm like, wow, last month I worked 200 hours huh? yeah. this, so it's like it's like weird flex but okay mm, <laughs> you yeah, know yes, yes, like weird yes. flex but okay because that has always been the case right, right? Uh, from you wear their burnout like a badge of honor yeah and you know like 4 or 5 hours of sleep and then after yeah, that and you got mm. to be in the gym at 6 eh, you know yeah, and if that's what you want, then okay lah. But we, and then you might say that uh okay yeah I can do this for the uh first uh five years of my career or probably five because I'm still young and everything. But you remember this in these things uh becomes a habit, right? And then especially when you have tasted money and then you adjusted your lifestyle and everything, you have to keep up with that lifestyle. Yes, right? It's a yes. never ending. Step up or it's very difficult to. Yes, it's a never ending cycle. So. Yeah, like if you were to ask me whether it's lucrative, then I don't know. It depends on what you want, lah, right? And then what depends you want to get. Also, right? Yeah, and then remember your objective, right? Whatever you do, remember your objective first. Why you are in this industry in the first place? Mm. You know, if money is your drive, then okay, so be it. Uh, yeah, we're not here to judge, right? Right or wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then again, uh, I always tell my 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 coaches right also uh, would you rather be respected by your peers or would you be respected by you know like like the people that doesn't that don't matter and then see you having this kind of like luxuries so called so yeah and we know lah right whether in the industry we know like okay uh, 
200-300 hours actually does little or probably jack shit for your for your development as a coach, right? <laughs> After a while, you become very good at uh, talking, copy and paste also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Not taking shit, but this is the truth. It's truth, ah. it's truth. I've been there. I work in a commercial setting, yeah. right? So I know the ways around around it to make it seem like you know I'm doing something, but in actual fact, no lah. Just putting you through. Uh, the one hour and then moving on to the next and stuff and that is not what I want uh, in the first yeah, place yeah, right? yeah. that's yeah. why you have you started you know Strength Avenue you have your vision like with mm. things that you are doing with your coaches now with all the OPEX also right mm. yes. yeah. so yeah so wow, we are almost one and a half hours in really okay. so maybe to to close the show maybe you can let the viewers and uh, listeners know how to find you on your Social media, oh okay, like you, your personal and your your ah. strength avenues, uh, social media. Okay. My personal uh handle on IG is Endin Kade, and uh for strength avenue is strengthavenue.com.sg. It's actually the handle the handle uh for your, your yeah. website yeah. Eh, yeah. hey, but your Instagram is at strength avenue. Strength Avenue at strengthavenue.com.sg Oh, that's the Instagram handle also? Yes. Okay, okay. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, at Andin Kadir and at strengthavenue.com.sg yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Andin, for your time today. I think the viewers and listeners definitely can uh, really benefit from you know, our you. short chat today. Thank you for Thank, Thank you so much. for having me. Thank you guys.